you're listening to the Talking Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined here with Chris. Yep. Today's episode is our part two of our spring 2020 anime season reviews. Got not quite as many shows together that I want to do, but uh, we have some cool stuff in here that is going to be fun to talk about either way. And we could finally reveal what Andrew's gem of the season was that was in this part that Chris guessed wrong. (laughs) 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 It was like... It was before we watched the last episode of Glepner, or was it after? He's like, was it Glepner that was your your gym uh, of the season? And I'm like, I completely forgot that I'd mentioned that, so I'm like, no, Glepner's not my gym of the season. And it, it dawned on me why he was saying that was because it was it would have been in this list, because I told him on our last episode it would be in this list. But yes, I can finally reveal what that is. No, it's not Glepner. <laughs> it's far from Glepner. <laughs> but we'll, we'll talk about Glepner when we get to Glepner, but I like saying Glepner for some reason. It is a goofy name. It's a weird name. Does it mean something? Um, <laughs> I'm sure it friends? does. Is it like the name of something? Maybe it's like a fish or something? I don't know. Anyways, yes, we have this episode, Princess Connect Redive, Glipner, Shiro Neko Project, Zero Chronicle, obviously the one that's my gym of the season. <laughs> Joking. <laughs> Kaguya-sama Love is War Season 2 would be a gym of the season, but we already knew it was going to be amazing, so I can't really say that. Uh, BNA, Brand New Animal... Which wouldn't be it, because we technically watched that after I said that. I'm already giving it away. Uh, Sugu Momo, so I'm going to stop talking. And High Score Girl Season 2, which um, I guess technically High Score Girl, I think, was fall 2019. But it released on Netflix in spring of 2020. So we're putting it in here just like we did with Doro Hedoro. So it's just something we're doing now, because it makes it easier <laughs> to get these these reviews out quicker. Uh, but yes, uh, without further ado, let's uh, let's dive right into our first one. We have Princess Connect Redive. Uh, this one was streaming on Crunchyroll for 13 episodes. The studio is Psy Games Pictures. The source is a game. The genres are action, adventure, fantasy. The director was Takaomi uh, Kanasaki, who did Kanasuba and Tokyo Ravens. The creator was, uh, of course, Psy Games, who does a lot of mobile games, including Rage of Bahamut and Grand Blue Fantasy. And yes, one uh, takes place in kind of a fantasy setting. Um, seems very kind of, you know, typical to the fantasy realm, magic, dragons, all that kind of stuff. And we quickly meet a nameless boy who has no recollection of his memories, very amnesiacic, is confronted by a girl named Kokoro, who Kokoro comes there, finds him, and says that, you know, she was destined to meet him. Um, it was ordained that she would meet him and serve him. And she gives him the name Yuki, and then they kind of work together to build a a guild, which is focused on making really good foods, along with Kero, who is a, a Neko mage, and Pekorin, who is a girl with a crown and a really large sword that's able to do insanely impressive damage to things, <laughs> oddly enough. <laughs> Big old claymore kind of damage. And has a large appetite. Yes, very, very large appetite, and really loves to just be happy and spread joy with people, even though Kero is totally tsundere and doesn't like it, but yeah. Genki always wins, I mean, just saying. You can't fight it, you can't fight it. Uh, But yeah, this one, essentially, kind of, I I think I said my first impressions, and it kind of held through through the entire thing, is very Konosuba. So if you ever watch Konosuba, and you love that show, you just gotta go watch this show, No, no questions asked pretty much 
Uh, of course, it's made by the same director, so I guess that's kind of why it gives it kind of a feel of that. I'm but. getting the – I got the impression that they kind of gave him free reign to just have fun, and that's what he did. He just went con- full Konosuba on a lot of this stuff. Yeah, we kind of mentioned the one of the earliest funny things is like when, she, when Kokoro first meets Yuki and he just doesn't know anything <laughs> – can't defend himself or anything like that she would suddenly just turn her face for a minute and then turn back to him and he'd be dragged away by just the bug eyes looking wolves that you could ever see and then they'd go and they'd go camping and then she'd look away and she'd look back at him and he'd be dragged away again by the wolves it's very very dorky like that um but yeah your thoughts on princess connect redive I had a lot of fun with this show. Like like we were saying, I mean, having having the kind of Konosuba feel, just it just exudes goofy hijinks all the way through. I mean, there, the, yeah, there was some kind of grander quest that started to show its 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 colors through the the show. But when it comes down to it, this was just a, a full on excuse to just do goofy things with a lot of just whacked out crazy characters we have a an elf girl who randomly shows up and is trying to uh is too shy to talk and so talks uh through kind of a um what is the the term where you throw your voice on a on a puppet and have it talk and that that's what they did with Mannequin, it Vin, yeah. ventriloquist ventriloquist yeah well, um, like a wooden puppet yeah, and 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 that 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 caused an entire goofy uh, scenario. There we have a whole bunch of funny goofy things that uh, that just have, and plus there was a lot of charm in here. Where we have um, a, a a group of lollies who want to create their own guild and 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 training them up and and practicing on how to become a guild. There was just a lot of fun in here, a lot of warm moments, and just a great all around show. Lolly training quest. <laughs> Which went terribly wrong because people have no directions. <laughs> no, I, yeah, this is this is the gem of the season for me. Uh, it, it's one of those ones. It's funny because it, it's like coming into it, and I should have kind of anticipated something. And I don't remember if we noted that the. I, I think we did notice the, note the fact that the director was the same one that did Konosuba. But even with that kind of knowing that there is a director that worked on something you really enjoy. They don't always get free reign to work on things the way they want to and really turn into something really fantastic. Granted, I've never played the game. This is based off of a mobile game. I've checked it out before because they had a crossover with ReZero about the time that ReZero was getting really popular. And I just watched some of the clips of that and I was like, I really want this game because it's got, you know, Rim and Ram in it. But it was, you don't really necessarily think that just because a director that worked on something you enjoyed is with this thing. And turns out, that again, that feel was in there. That really goofy, great directing that just makes every punchline just hit. Every single goofy thing that hits hit perfectly. And I guess the other thing that I don't really give too much credit for, and I, I should have, is the fact that it was Psygame. This is Psygames trying to promote their own product. So obviously they're going to do an excellent job on it. Uh, we we did we've kind of kept an eye on Psygames, uh, the studio, for quite a while now. And it was kind of shortly after Rage of Bahamut came really huge that we noted that Psy Games was working on a new Rage of Bahamut anime, and we were getting all super excited for that. Turned out to be a <laughs> a very short, Yuri-esque one, but it was a really fantastic little uh, short, you know, considering it was just based off of a single um, event within the game. 
they turned it into something that was actually really well put together. Directing on it was really fantastic. So I guess I, did, I didn't give credit enough when I seen Psyche in picture that they were going to do a fantastic... This show is really incredibly animated. And it's, it's, it's like, even though I say it's Konosuba-esque, it's like Konosuba with really great artwork and fantastic animation. Not to say that Konosuba was garbage, but it didn't look that great. I mean, we noted that in the first season. It just didn't look that great. And I think that was to the comical style of it. But this one's kind of going more for keeping the characters on model, looking really fantastic, having great facial expressions, and these, like, incredibly well-animated action scenes that just, like, why is this in a comedy? (laughs) Comedies are supposed to be very low-budget, all about the punchlines. This one's, like, going all out with some crazy action scenes that are just, you know, not affordable levels, but pretty darn close. Like, as close as you can get to it without having, like, crazy CGI uh, blending with animation to make it look like really photorealistic. And so I definitely give it credit for having fantastic animation, fantastic punchlines and uh, joke executions based on the directing and writing. Uh, it just has everything going for it. Plus, really fantastic characters, a really great kind of colorful mixed cast. And it's funny because it's one of those things where every episode <laughs> a new character is walking down the street and you're like, well, here's the next gotcha character that they're trying to showcase. And and they work for every single one of them. Every single one of them that showed up, I'm like, if this game was literally in my hands right now, I'd be rolling on all these characters because it's they're they're all great looking characters. They have great personality and fun characteristics Is to this them. A browser game? Uh, no, it's supposed. To, I think it's supposed to be a mobile game. Because I couldn't get it on on the App Store. No, it's Japan only. So mm. unless you have like an Android and you download it straight, I guess you could get it, but. Well, you had said you had goofed off with it. I was wondering. No, I was watching videos of it, like on YouTube. No, I, I think the the funniest of all the characters they kind of showed, besides the fact that we had a vampire that we totally knew was going to be <laughs> the way it was, <laughs> is uh, we seen the birth of a new Yandere character. And it was a, you know, it's funny because whenever Yandere characters show up, it's always one of those things of like, is it going to be up there with the levels of all these other ones, like Unigasai and stuff like that? Um and this one, I, I I literally, I'm like, yeah, if I ever make another list of best Yandere's, this one's going to be in that list because it was Eriko and she's she was in this kind of hospital location for this one episode, which was a great, great, it was two episodes. It was a fantastic mm-hmm. two episodes. Had a great ending to it. They're but great yeah, this, at <laughs> healing to 30%. <laughs> and it was funny because in our first impressions, I was talking about this character that shows up randomly. She collapses on the street. And Yuki, with his complete obliviousness and lack of being able to can hear, uh, you know, uh, figure out anything that's happening around him, just walks up and says, "Are you hungry?" and leaves some food and leaves. And she had like this this killer look on her face, like, "What the hell?" And then it gets to the episode where they actually have her involved with it, and she's got this ring that she's trying to put on Yuki and stuff, and it's like. Wow, this is a fantastic new kind of Yandere character. And every time she shows up, he's panicking and running away. <laughs> uh, it's just a great, great, awesome uh, episode. It's, it's just one of those shows where every episode I thoroughly enjoyed. Now, I admit that Carol starting out was a little bit loud, but I just I couldn't ignore her because she's a Sundere, uh, so I have my thing for Sundere's anyways. Uh, Rima was pretty crazy, too. This is kind of... <laughs> Uh, what are they called? Alpaca. Uh, alpaca, yeah. And just would randomly spit, and then she transforms into like this crazy magical girl transformation and kicks butt. 
just uh, awesome stuff. Every episode was just absolutely a blast, and I thoroughly enjoyed it from beginning to end. So, yeah, I, I kind of, I guess the only kind of, if you want to drag something negative out of me, it technically never really kind of addresses this darker backside overarching plot throughout the entire thing. I mean, they they technically got a little bit into kind of slowly creeping into who Yuki is and kind of him and his whole shtick with the rest of the, the girls. But, like, this whole background bad guy the entire time never gets addressed. <laughs> it's just, it just, it's there and it's affecting certain characters. And then it's just like, okay, the, the show's ended. So, yeah, if you want to drag something out of me, it, technically the overarching plot line didn't really go anywhere. But at the same time, it was a very minor thing to the rest of the show. The 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 crux of the show was just these misadventures of these characters doing things every episode, introducing new characters, obviously to sell them to the the gotcha crowd. But it was a it was a really fun ride all the way all the way. It'll through. be interesting to see if they 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 can actually do more seasons of this because. If if it's just a um, if they're just uh, softly borrowing uh, storylines from the from the game itself, I mean they could they could milk this for seasons on end. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of those things where it's technically a commercial for its, its game, and if they see enough kind of people gravitating towards the game, they can obviously say that okay, well let's make another season and keep hyping new characters. I wouldn't be opposed to that. <laughs> And it's, I guess it's technically really great the fact that I don't have it because I don't have to worry about, you know, here comes the second season. Crap, I might want to roll more characters because uh, that's pretty much the issue that I have with uh, Fake Grand Order is like certain characters like, oh, man, I almost show was great. So now I got to roll for that. Is, character. It a, is it a top down tactical tactical type game or you kind of see the sprite characters in the show? Like it's it's kind of like, um, I don't know, Magia Record, that kind of 2D sprite uh-huh. chibi characters. I mean, like I said, you see them in the the transitions for the for the split between the uh, the commercials or whatever they have with the the show. So, yeah, a lot of fun. Definitely, 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 definitely suggest it. Um, the sisters were great too. Fucking <laughs> 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 head butts her and she forgets what was going on. <laughs> doting sisters, the doting sisters. That would have been great to have more of them, but. Um, Fortunately, it was very late in the in the show. But yeah, my gem of the season definitely was a huge welcome this last few months. Of course, it's been a rough last few months for most people. And having a show like this kind of brighten up my week every week was uh, much welcomed. And I think if anybody right now is kind of troubling, looking for something to kind of give them a bright side of things, just go watch the show. Hopefully, you'll you'll smile and and uh, enjoy it as much as we did. So, Princess Connect. Redive. Definitely check it out. Moving forward, Glepner. This one was streaming on Funimation, ran for 13 episodes, done by Studio Pine Jam. Uh, this one was uh, based off of manga. The genres are action, mystery, supernatural, ecchi, and seinen. The director was Kazuhiro Yonada, who did Yona the Dawn and Cool-Headed Hozuki. And this one follows a boy named Shuichi. It's kind of set in the modern times Japan. At some points, you find out that he has a weird ability. He becomes a monster. <laughs> or he calls it a monster, a bakamona. It basically, he transforms into what would be like a baseball mascot. Big dog character with a huge revolver, which technically is not typical for a mascot. The, the 
Plushy himself is a mascot character, but he also has a gun. <laughs> and uh, But he's, like, empty inside. He's got this big old zipper on his back. And at some point, he rescues a girl named Claire, who was in a burning building out in the middle of nowhere on the side of the mountain. And almost does something to her and forgets his phone and runs off. And then she finds him the next day, knows that it's him, that he's the one that changed into that. And uh, kind of blackmails him to helping her. She's trying to find her sister who killed her parents. And there's something to do with these coins. You come find out later that people that find these coins randomly throughout the area can take them to this guy who identifies himself as an alien. And you can put the coins into this vending machine and get your wish granted to you. And everybody's kind of kind of turns into this big old thing where everybody's fighting to gather the coins, get a hundred of them so they can get their ultimate wish granted to them. So have a battle royale esque type thing with a little bit of character backstories kind of intermingling between the characters throughout the entire series. So your thoughts, Chris, on Glepnir. This one is kind of a difficult one for me to kind of quantify because I actually liked it a lot more than I realized or than I thought I would. Mostly because I – it has this very dark feel but it never – to me it never really got as dark as I thought it could be. And I'm actually very surprised at that. And it it does have this kind of – weird dark undertone to everything that it does um i i don't know because there is some aspects that i thought did feel a little bit more heavy than it should um but it does have this really interesting kind of weird world that that it's trying to convey like andrew was mentioning the uh the alien wants the coins and everybody's out getting these stupid coins and then battles ensue involved in that. And then, yeah, it does get gory here and there, but it's not bad gory. It's just just blood splurting here and there and then kind of po- mass poisoning. Of... Never mind. I don't like it. <laughs> no, I, I honestly, I, I, I was surprised at how much I, I enjoyed the show when going through it. But when it comes down to it, it is a dark show and I I liked it because it was a good actiony type show that's about it. Yeah, I think it was it was inter- I think the most interesting thing cuz like I mentioned each one of these people that get these coins and bring them to this guy they essentially it's never kind of mentioned that they are they all have like a power bestowed upon them which is never technically explained. <laughs> I think that was the only thing that I never really got a clear answer on. Like when somebody walks up to him and says something, it it they kind of get abilities from, and it doesn't seem like they ever choose what abilities they get because they have one guy that literally gets a he gets a freaking telescope put on his head. And that's his ability is he has a telescope on his head that he can record things. So obviously I doubt that he wanted that, but maybe he did. Maybe he was just looking up peeping people. Um, but with the guy that came with Suichi, I mean he did he. Of course, technically, for story reasons, he doesn't know why he was made into a big, huge mascot character. And then there's other characters that are, you know, there's one guy that's this big, huge buff thing with blade arms. There's one guy that turns into a huge centipede thing. So it's not like there's like a set, like, I want to be a centipede thing. So it's, it's I guess that's the only thing that I really kind of, it troubled me is it, it seems like everybody's abilities they, they got when they first brought a coin 
is different. And so the it thing seems I like, like it seems like one of those kind of wish granted based on the wish, but it's not actually the the best part of it. Like they had one guy who said he wanted he was the fastest ever, so he was probably um granted a wish of i want to be fast or something like that i do know that i didn't they say that the the first girl that they fought didn't she say that she wanted to be uh, a racer or something like that so it seems like it's yeah. loosely based around the the wish but not necessarily it the wish is going to be necessarily good right i guess that's the thing is like it's i guess it's interpretation there were or maybe i just missed it at some point but what i did like was that with the case with Suichi, it's really interesting because in it's technically the the gimmick of the show itself is it's it's kind of facilitates this idea of having a uh, a two person kind of combination. So with Suichi, he has this zipper on his back, and Claire will unzip it, climb inside of he, she gets inside of the mascot, quote unquote, which is him, and she's able to either control him or if they can get you know in sync enough with their their thought process, they can become even stronger. Which they never really got to that point, and I can totally see that being a thing with the actual show, because at some point, and this is kind of very light spoiler, somebody else gets inside of Shuichi, and they almost become better in sync. And it was a really cool moment to see that, you know, what possibilities this kind of mechanic that the creator created could possibly do in the future. But unfortunately, with these 13 episodes, we don't really get to see too much of it. So it does give me a lot of hope for the future of it. And I guess that's to its detriment, is that a lot of the stuff that really piqued my interest for the story itself was all kind of bottled up at the very end of the 13 episodes, and it kind of leads itself to that idea of, okay, here was an introduction... Here's where things are going to start getting really crazy for the characters emotionally, really get inside the minds of these characters at the very end, and then we'll see you in the manga. <laughs> Hopefully, they get announced the second season because I think that's where the story itself is going to really take off. Because everything before this has kind of just been very light with the characters. Suichi is very blank. I, I got kind of frustrated with Suichi because there was times where he'd go through some crazy stuff. He would, they would kind of give him that, oh, now he's a bad kid and he's, you know, he's now he's been through stuff. And then he would go right back to being a wine bag. Yeah, that was so that he, was kind of annoying. <laughs> he kind of had that whole roller coaster to, you know, Shinji mode to, you know, hardened criminal mode and then back to Shinji mode that kind of frustrated me. Whereas Claire was kind of, you know, Claire was consistent with her character and I really did like her character for that. So... I have my issues with main characters. A lot of the side characters are really pretty good. But, yeah, I, I guess the other kind of nice thing is that the the action scenes were great. I, I It's funny enough is I really like Shuichi's uh, mascot character mode. Like, he, he, like, when he gets really angry and the teeth are coming out, it looks really cool. <laughs> I, I really do like it. And to see him kind of fight, there was another later fight again. Um, that I won't really get into because it kind of a spoiler. It even was more fantastic. I really did like yeah. that. So there's, it's got a lot going for it. And the characters have the setup. Again, a little bit too late in the series for it to really get into them. But I kind of came for the, you know, the, the, the typical kind of action horror. Got a little frustrated by the, the Shinji roller coaster ride with Shuichi. 
and then kind of got got in some really cool stuff in the later parts before kind of being cut off at the end. Now, I will say, despite the later segments with the backstories kind of piquing my interest to the overall story, I was very... <laughs> I don't know if it's it was rushed or just really bad writing, but it was there was a lot of kind of face palm so that's the conclusion you came to kind of stuff that that i I, that one that one there was a certain character in the backstory who was making a lot of really stupid decisions and i i it was it was i yeah just just bad bad writing that one (laughs) i i in in no way shape or form i i think i I yelled it in some some cases i get it and in other cases i don't it's like that one was kind of almost like I think that you probably needed more time to work with that one because yes. that didn't that didn't didn't make a lot of sense. It it was like if I was to kind of make this conclusion, maybe I could f- kind of follow the 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 mind frame, but no, it didn't. It it, it didn't work in that particular case. So it was funny because I was it, there was literally two like pinnacle points that he makes a decision this guy in the in the past and in i i don't know if i did in the second one but yeah i did i think i did both of them like right when the decision was made i said so that's the conclusion you came to (laughs) and then the second decision i'm like that's the conclusion you okay (laughs) that's the conclusion you came to sure edgy boy all right edgy boy it was it was it was very frustrating, but at the same time, his character and the connection he has with the other character with him, that's what got that that's what has my interest, and I'm very intrigued by it. And that was all again a lot of encompassing a backstory with certain main characters, and it was stuff that was really kind of finally giving another dimension to these characters that didn't really have any dimension to them for the past you know eight or so episodes. So it was a really kind of one of those. Finally, I got the nugget that I want. This is this is what I wanted. So it, it's kind of one of those... It's a slow burn at the beginning. A lot of it's going to be... The earlier episodes going to be based on your enjoyment of just that kind of mechanic of writing the other character and the the battles they they fight with the other characters. The mystery, the, the waiting for that mystery to be revealed is going to be what holds you. It is frustrating because the the a lot of the action scenes are 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 awesome payoffs. However, in a lot of cases it feels like it kind of grinds its wheels here and there and it's usually uh, you'll really notice it when they get into the quote-unquote forest and you will see there is huge vast amounts of time where they're just discussing what they're going to do and it does feel like it gets kind of mm-hmm. stuck in the mud for a little while at some points. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much, pretty much. So, but the thing that I did enjoy most about the show was that it was the first case that Chris had a show where people do die. I mean, there is there is the threat here with this <laughs> show, but Freckles had plot armor. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering what the heck what that was the comment up there was for. Yes, I was I was in the safe because Freckles was Claire. Uh, <laughs> Claire has Freckles, and I, I I don't know when it when it finally dawned on me. I was like, I think it was maybe like four or so episodes into it. I'm like, wow, it technically is a show that Freckles shouldn't die. I mean, she <laughs> technically is the main heroine, and I mean, she could. 
She could and, then, die. And, and, and the silly thing is, is I like the puppy girl a lot better than Claire, but I do like Claire. I, but yeah, the, <laughs> it was great. Yeah, there's, there's, there is one, one thing I do puppy like. Girl was way cool. The puppy I, girl segment was really cool. <laughs> and it's, it's funny because there's a lot of shows, and and, I, and this is one of those things where it's like a detriment thing. There's a lot of shows that you have these moments where that kind of gruesomeness because like early on the, in the show i mean literally within the first two episodes you have like your first like wait did they just kill that person okay wow this is gonna get really heavy and again back to that whole shinji back and forth thing where it's like they don't care no more <laughs> but there's a lot of shows where they it gets really kind of brutal and i'm okay with it but i hate it because i internally go crap now is chris not going to want to watch this show anymore and this is a show where something really kind of screwed up happened with one of the characters and i was like i even i'm mad and something really cool came out of it (laughs) and i was totally blown away so this it it was a show that had a moment in it where it kind of bait and switched and i really liked it that's all i'm gonna say because i don't want to spoil all right you're you're gonna have to tell me later so it was one they're in the okay, yeah. crazy thing. Yeah, I was, I was like, okay, this is whoa, wait, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that was that was a pretty rough scene. I I was really close. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like one of those things that you like, he like walks out the door, and I'm like a few minutes later, it goes, wait, Chris, come back in. <laughs> You're gonna like this. You really gonna like. But this. no, it, 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 like like I said, it, it was it, there was it's it, it's one of those shows that I, it should not have worked for me. It really shouldn't have. And I, if you have less tolerance for for uh, uh, brutal scenes, you probably won't like this. But if you have about my tolerance, or even more like Andrew's tolerance, you're you're probably gonna like this show. It, it, it there is a lot in this show to keep keep you wanting to come back and see what's going on because it's just, it's got this power. It's not a, uh, kind of power level ish, but you do, you do sense, okay, this character, you can sense the power dynamics in, in a lot of these characters. It's, it's, it's really funny because I can absolutely see the reason why, uh, what happened with, uh, Shuenichi, like Andrew was talking about where one per one, the main character can't quite, uh, synchronize and yet another character could, and it all has to do with kind of psychology and all that stuff. It's all it you, you can see all kinds of crazy stuff in here if you're willing to look for it. It's 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 a really well thought out show, from what I can tell so far. Yeah, I guess it kind of it kind of go it except makes... for one particular situation, which we still haven't figured that one out. <laughs> it is it is nice that there is a difference between a show that's kind of being. I guess uh, cruel to the viewer, and then there's the idea of a show that's kind of not. It's a difference between really kind of waddling in despair and torture of characters, and kind of not being as abusive to the viewer. And so there's that that kind of fine line between when it's showing something kind of tragic happening, but not sitting there and just kind of showing it over and over, torturing again, torturing somebody to death, versus just kind of a shot. And I think this is one of those shows that kind of stays in that uh, very close to the, the the just not waddling in it, not not dragging out those scenes. Even though, again, there is parts where it's like 
well, that was screwed up. That happened. But it doesn't sit there and spend five minutes having a character choke on something. <laughs> so, yeah. But there are some nasty characters in there. But they, I, they, 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 of course, get their dues. <laughs> get their dues. Uh, Iki Uchi was, was really annoying, though. Telescope guy. It's like every time he popped up, it's like, dude, seriously, somebody kill him already. <laughs> somebody just kill him already. Just have his head pop off. We know that can happen. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's Glapner. I, I, I guess the biggest negative I'm going to give it is the fact that unless it has a second season, this is one of those ones where it, it kind of just... This is true. It kind of unpacked a lot of stuff at the end. And it definitely does its job of saying this is where things start to really get interesting. And it's unfortunate if they don't have a second season coming. So we'll see. I don't know, I don't know if they're, there's any listings on- for another... I think it's on Viz, so it's not like um, we don't have access to it. Yeah, but I want to watch it animated because I want to watch the animated doggy flying around and shooting things. I agree. The animated doggy is funner than the manga. I agree. But no, I I did technically read – I would probably say it was – because I – I watched the first first kill. That's why I was saying it, it didn't make any sense why this was set up as like a comedy and stuff because I had I had read up to the point where they had that first kill, and so that was the thing I was talking about in the preview. I was like, why don't why is this a comedy? This isn't this isn't a funny sh-. and it wasn't a really a funny show. I mean, there was maybe a couple of little punchlines here and there. Well, even but even it wasn't etchy, the focus. Even etchy, you could loosely call it etchy just because one of the one of the main characters loves to walk around in her underwear. So yeah, I mean, she always. Gets inside of Zuichi without her clothes on. It was their thing. <laughs> so that was... But the, I understood why the etch was there. <laughs> just, yeah, only because you have to kind of call it that. But it's technically not etchy per se. It's not teasing in, in any way. It's just pervy. Yeah. Because they show plenty of shots of it. And they get really close to her butt all the time. Yeah, so they did. It's not like they were shying away from it. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's Kleppner. Check that it's, out. It's one of those you. weird things. Maybe we should discuss that at some point. Is like what what is constituting etchy? I yeah, it's just anything. I guess yeah. Well, well yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we've done that in our fan service discussion. I don't know. Uh, Shironeko Project Zero Chronicles our next one. This one was streaming on Funimation. Ran for twelve episodes. The studio was Project Number Nine. The source is a game, and these genres are action, adventure, fantasy, and magic. And this one takes place in kind of a setting where you have the people of the darkness realm, which is kind of down underneath the clouds, very dark and grim, full of monsters, kind of overthrowing things. And it's all led by the king of darkness. And the people there are kind of suffering. You kind of uh, quickly meet a boy who's in a village, and the village gets overrun by monsters. And it seems to be a common occurrence in that area because the king of darkness doesn't do anything to protect his people. And then you have, again, the area above the clouds. There's this floating island where the people of the light live. And they're all kind of headed up by a girl named Idis. And Idis is pretty much like the princess of light, as you can probably imagine. And she kind of fights off the demons that come and attack them. And they all live very peacefully up there for the most part, besides whenever the people from the realm of darkness come up and attack them. And so you kind of have a story where you have this boy who was from this village that got ravaged who desires to become the next king of darkness and kind of fix the wrongs of the the realm of darkness by protecting its people, whereas the king's not doing that currently. 
and his kind of interactions with Idis of the other side, where people were a little more, a little more peacefully, and the the battle between the two realms and wanting to put a stop to that. Your thoughts? It was, it was funny because we made a lot of jokes in their preview about how this this show was nothing like. Well, that we made jokes in the first impressions that the preview the synopsis what we did had nothing to do with the show that we watched the first four episodes of and we found out at the very end it's because i think it was a prequel story to the actual mobile phone app story which was something completely different yeah it definitely it definitely and, and it's so funny because i at some point uh i i think we may either i me or andrew made the joke that this was a romeo and juliet story and Oh my gosh! Talk about playing out all the tropes involved in it, and it it it's funny because it's it it is a cute story, and it it is it does have fun w- with it, and it and it just does this kind of um a, it's a it's an interesting take on it, and it does it really well. Um, it doesn't look all that great. I some of the character artwork I like, but as far as the overall visuals of this show, it wasn't all that great. And a lot of the background characters do get lost in themselves, and especially when you start noticing characters that aren't quite obviously uh, main character material, and they just get lost really quickly. But it, it is it, it it is a it's a show that you kind of just just sit back and just watch it for the fun of it it's 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 not really going to do anything amazing like i said it's it's basically romeo and juliet but it's kind of a version their their version of it per se and i i liked it for what it was yeah romeo and juliet if one side was angels and one side was demons and they were fighting each other (laughs) in a war (laughs) yeah it's it's odd because we were pretty right down to the Tibble character. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't think about that. I, everything <laughs> was about, in there. Didn't even think about that. Wow. I, of course, I'm not a huge. I mean, I, I'm not saying that you're a huge Romeo and Juliet fan, but I, I've never been a fan of Romeo and Juliet story at, at all. So even that reference makes sense to me. It's, it's funny because. I know in our first impressions we were pretty harsh on this show because it just didn't look great. Um, it had this whole – like the first episode was just a blah of just kind of rushing through things. We were joking about like, here's a village. Now he's digging a hole and now this guy shows up and he wants to duel him. And he's like, you're going to become the next demon king thing. And it's like, okay, now I'm going to go become the demon king person. It, it felt very kind of rushed and like he's on an escalator that's just going by all the plot lines and he's just going, yes, 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 yes. And it's, it is odd because yeah, besides like the, there's like a middle two episodes where they were obviously trying to kind of make everybody become buddy, buddy before the big thing happens. Cause you know, there's obviously going to be this big clashing of the two sides at some point. It just has to happen. And so I, I understood why those two episodes were there, but <laughs> the chemistry sucked between these characters, and there just was no writing there to make it interesting. Like, you do have, like, a picnic kind of thing happening, and the writing just wasn't there to make it at all entertaining, even though you know why the picnic thing is happening, unless you have good character chemistry or a writer to make, like, some interactions that's going to capture you and be interesting— 
it turns into a very blah two episodes. But overall, it's it's like it's a. I guess it was just kind of the. I don't know why, but it was kind of something I wanted to watch all the way through it. I don't know if it was because I was wanting to see if it was going to play out the Romeo and Juliet thing. Um, if there were, if there was something interesting in this this whole warring side thing, I, I I usually like the whole concept of behind enemy enemy line kind of thing, like getting into the capital of the other side and kind of realizing that the two sides are actually the same. Like we're both, you know, the both quote unquote the both human kind of thing. We're both human. We both we do enjoy things the same. We're not at all that different as you as the war would lead you to believe. We can find peace because we are technically looking for the same thing. And I don't know if it was that that was kind of capturing me and wanting me to watch all the way to the end of it. It did seem like I, I, I was really interested to see how how they could explain the whole um, nobody can go against the King of Darkness. That that mm-hmm. that part was, was one of the things that <laughs> – really do anything with that. Huh? Just nothing really done with that at all. No, and that, that was kind of frustrating. But yeah, it was it was one of those things that glad you it, didn't get what you were looking for, Chris. <laughs> Sorry, it's one of those things that you, you, if you're sitting there right in front of the and you're trying to create this piece, and you're obviously these people think that everybody in the kingdom of darkness is evil, and you have somebody sitting sitting there going, "Look, you don't understand. Nobody can go against this one person." Obviously, that one person is the problem. Yeah, I guess that's the thing. Is it's like it obviously set up the factions. It obviously set the behind him enemy line things. The the acknowledgement that we're we're technically the same. We're looking for the same thing. It set that up properly. It again didn't really execute the whole picnic thing all that well. And I guess the draw was that to you know eventually see that point where yeah is is he going to rise up against the king of darkness how is he going to do that and it didn't really do what i thought it was going to do and i was kind of a little bit displeased by that but at the same time it kind of surprised me how it ended because i really wasn't seeing that coming (laughs) i was a little bit disappointed in the um it makes sense to the grander scheme of things that this is technically a prequel story I I don't think it had time to and gr- now granted I don't I don't know that I wanted to see this writing for twenty four episodes but oh gosh I don't no. I don't I <laughs> don't have, feel like we would have five episodes of the picnic <laughs> I don't feel like it had and enough a beach time. episode I don't feel like it had enough time to breathe at all it, it it felt like it was trying so hard to get all this out in one one shot and it felt like it did a lot of cutting of a lot of probably really solid scenes I mean. Uh, having uh, the main character, if you want to call him that, the main character up against the the King of Darkness at some point would have probably been an interesting uh, aspect to have in there. Not just kind of hold him back so that he can't actually do anything until the last minute. So there was a lot of things that should have probably been in here. But, hey, it is what it is. It, it was good for what it tried to do. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing, because even with the ending the way that it was, it's technically something that I usually support. Like, I, 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 if the, if the writer wants to have everybody come together and have friendship power wins the win, I'm for it. If the writer wants to have, you know, suddenly out of nowhere, 
he offers tea to the king of darkness and the king of darkness says you know you're a good boy here have the how have the crown <laughs> i'm for it <laughs> if he wants to have the entire world end i mean that if the writer wants to do something i'm all for that i i guess the i guess the main reason why it feels like even again i wasn't really expecting anything from the show and so what i got was technically more than what i was uh bargaining for to begin with is i think it just felt like it 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 tried to have such a huge and grandiose story with two very huge, you know, kingdoms converging against each other and having everything kind of weighed on these one, you know, four or five characters. And it never really did enough with those grandiose viewpoints. Like you have this very big perspective of this big kingdom, these two big kingdoms, and yet the story felt very small in the end. It felt like a very small walk down a street where you have the possibility of, I don't know, hang gliding through the entire story, <laughs> just showing more and showing more aspects of this world than just a picnic in a forest. So I guess that's probably why it, it felt disappointing in the end, even though I didn't have uh, expectations for it, is that I seen potential there. Like there was potential there. The world looked fascinating. The The mechanics was fascinating. I liked the element of light and darkness. Everything was set up perfectly to do a really good story. Maybe that's what is in the actual, you know, mobile game with the story in that one. Since, again, this feels like the prequel story to it. Maybe that's when it's going to get a lot more opened up. But with this one being, again, in 12 episodes, I just don't think it really had enough time and kind of direction to really do something good with all the mechanics in the world that it had to itself so but yeah not a not a terrible show fantastic outro <laughs> that's why i watched it i like the outro <laughs> it's a good outro well yeah i don't know no I, eh, I have i have bna as the outro maybe i'll do it in here anyways it's a good outro but yeah, that's uh, that's Shioneka project zero chronicles it it is technically a story that has a beginning and end which is nice it's just it technically has a a tease to the fact that it is technically a prequel of this universe to another story. So there you go. Zero Project Shoneko Project Zero Chronicles. <laughs> Check that out if that seems interesting to you. Moving on, we have the second season of Kaguya-sama Love is War or Kaguya-sama wa Kokura Setai Tensai Tachi no Renai Zuno-sun. This one is streaming on Funimation. The uh, episodes is 12 episodes. Studio is A1 Pictures. The source is a manga. And the genres are comedy, psychological, romance, school, and seinen. I just realized this. I'm like, psychological? Oh, okay, I never mind psychological because it's always in their heads. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's... Uh... Yeah, so for those that don't know what Kaguya-sama Love is War... Uh, possibly you missed us ranting and raving about it with our first season impressions of it and our debates for the best of, of its, what was it, last year? It's 2019. Uh, we gave it a lot of high praise, but for those that missed all that, it essentially takes place in a very kind of prestige school where a lot of kind of, you know, high-class people, their children go to that school, very rich people, people of, you know, political holdings and stuff like that all go there. And we follow basically two characters. One is Shin, uh, Shinomiya, who is Kaguya. Uh, her family owns like a lot of you know big 
what was it like market chains and stuff like that chain stores she's, something like that yeah she's, they sell a lot of money she's the inheritor of a huge massive corporation <laughs> yeah right and uh shirogane who uh essentially got in there through his merits he doesn't really his family is very poor he works very hard to get the position that he could just to get in there and uh shirogane is the uh the student council president and shinomiya is the vice president uh vice president of the student council. And then they're kind of joined with their other members. Uh, Ishigami, who's kind of the financial person, Fujiwara, who is kind of the secretary. Secretary, I think. And they all work in the student council and just kind of shenanigans happens. <laughs> the big, the big kind of stick for this entire series overall is that uh, Shinomiya loves Shirogane and Shirogane loves Shinomiya. Uh, Shinomiya. But their pride doesn't allow them to confess. They want to get the other person to confess to them instead so that they don't look like they're, you know, beneath the other person because there's obviously pride aspects involved in that world. So, yeah, that's that's basically the gist. And then you have, again, Fujiwara, who's kind of more bubbly character, kind of throwing a wrench in a lot of things. Ishigami's more the character of, like, very depressing, sees, like, the negative of everything, thinks that Shin- uh, Shinomiya wants to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> and with this particular season, we get the introduction of uh, Ina, who is a girl that is seeking to dethrone them and become the next student council president because we're going into a new year with this particular one. And typically, whenever they become, you know, their third year, they would give up becoming student council president so they can focus on the finals and everything like that. Um, so kind of a, the usual shenanigans happens and they tip, they technically do go to become the next the third year's student council presidents and uh, Eno is uh, their competitor for it so yeah your thoughts on season 2 <laughs> i'm going to i'm going to let everybody who's listening take a wild guess as to whether or not we loved this show again this season Oh, that was a hard one, right? Yes, loved it. I loved this season. There was a couple of, surprisingly enough, there was a couple of off spots in this show, and it's and it's. <laughs> I it's, wonder if it's the same I'm thinking of. I what? Well, the first episode, I was absolutely terrified that this show wasn't going to, but it they they pulled it together, and it was like, oh, here's my show. So yeah, there and there was a, an episode or or two later on that didn't quite hit. Um, in particular, there was a kind of a flashback e type episode yeah, where Ishigami's yeah. backstory stuff was like, <laughs> wow, this is like really heavy. What what show are we watching? <laughs> like it just feels very out of place. It, it does. like I liked the story, but at the same time, it's like, but we don't do this. Where is this coming from? And <laughs> that, that, that's that. And, and to say that they, that's a bad thing to this show. It, it just, it didn't feel like Andrew was saying it was way out of place. And so to, to give it a knock for that, I guess I kind of have to, because it, it, like, like we said, it doesn't feel like it fits in the show. It's good. It just doesn't feel like it fits in the show. Um, but other than the, those those couple points, it just was a wonderful show. Just more, especially with the addition of uh, you know, it, she was absolutely just uh, walking in on the most absurd points of all of the jokes that you get. You get all the jokes that you get from the first season, but from the perspective of somebody who's walking in on these scenes, and it's like 
absolutely phenomenal adding to that. Uh, of course, Fujiwara adding more and more hijinks to the entire situations. Uh, but so, yeah, I loved it. I, I can't say enough, especially adding in the the kind of weird thing involved in uh, the new thing that Ishigami is trying aside from his backstory what he was trying to do was kind of a weird thing and that was kind of fun to explore for a little while so yeah it was i loved it i can't suggest it enough still wonderful show yeah that's the thing because it's like i don't unless i'm completely i mean technically the only thing that i really felt like it was not being a typical comedy with the first season was just those later episodes where you had like the whole thing with shinomiya wanting to go to the uh, the fireworks with uh, Shiragane and them kind of having a wrench thrown in their whole plans and the whole situation with Shiragane grabbing her and everything like that. And that was the only point where it was kind of felt like it was just going, okay, we're no longer a comedy. Now we are a drama, a romance drama. Let's focus on romance drama and completely take the comedy out of the picture. And of course, like right after that whole segment, that turns right back into comedy. And that's the same with Ishigami's whole story. But it's just like, it's one of those things where it felt very out of place, even though, again, I thought it was a good story. And I did like finally getting a little bit more insight into his mentality and what it, he's going through. It was one of those things that they kept kind of dropping in there here and there. And it was like, what the heck are they doing with his backstory? What What is going on? And then finally, we just got the backstory. Yeah, you're not <laughs> allowed to be happy. You're not allowed to be happy. What the hell is going on? Did he kill somebody? <laughs> again, we're going back to the whole, you know, school sports show. Somebody had to have killed somebody. Uh, Yeah. And it, it it had a really good ending to it, though. That's that's the thing. It's like it's like it's almost like my arguments about a sentence of a bookworm, where it's like, why are we going this direction? I don't know. But you're doing a really awesome job, so I can't say anything. And yeah, it nails it nails the ending. And of course, technically, with uh, Shinomiya and her whole uh, the picture episode was again a, a technically another one that was very kind of heavy drama and not so much comedy that had a absolutely spectacular ending to it. So. There was technically two, I won't say, like, episodes, because they do technically kind of split each episode into, like, three or four skits. And they both, I guess with Shinomiya 1, it technically was, like, one segment, whereas Ishigami was, like, three, I think. They do have great stories to them. They do have fantastic punchlines at the end of them. Not joke punchlines, but, like, conclusions. Um but it doesn't take away from the fact that everything else is, is still the usual kind of Kaguya-sama love is war type stuff. Great, fantastic uh, narration going over it, talking about what's happening with each one of them and who's winning in the end, who's losing in the end. All that stuff is still phenomenally well done. Still keeping the same style to it, same great characters. All that stuff is still, you know, top notch. And I really do love it i did come away from this particular season liking ishigami a lot <laughs> if that says anything <laughs> because he he absolutely i'm not gonna say he shined because it, it's still the main characters absolutely were phenomenal just makes you want to ship the heck out of ishigami and Eno. that's yeah, obviously yeah, exactly. what that point was <laughs> <laughs> that was that was really cute I, that's what i love that whole kind of perspective from the uh eno's friend where it's kind of showing you wow that, that these people technically they, they're both kind of the same they both that don't like injustice being done to people and the logicness of life being accepted. So it was really cute. Now, Eno was definitely my, uh, uh, my Sengoku of, of this particular <laughs> artist. She definitely captured that kind of that same style. 
she was adorable. I love the the whole again the whole picture episode and her pulling uh Shinomiya over to the them taking the picture. Um really really great cast as always. Really do enjoy them. I love the the moon gazing episode with Shin- basically <laughs> Shiragane breaking the hell out of Shinomiya. Of course, that was a lot of that this season. That was a lot of yeah, Sh- she broke Shiragane a lot breaking this her season. <laughs> so much that she had to go see the get, the doctor to bring in the most prestigious doctor of all of like Japan just to come. I no, I think they flew him in from somewhere else, probably the United States. Just to check her heart because there's obviously something doki doki wrong with her, and then <laughs> and then and then he's a crackpot the second that he mentions what it might actually be. Yeah, I was like, no, this is obviously wrong. It's got to be some, maybe it's a stroke. I don't know. <laughs> uh, that was that was really great. Uh, her meeting the dad was was great too. Enjoy that. Uh, the shojo, the whole shojo perspective from Shinomiya was fantastic too. Like <laughs> so many man grunts, <laughs> and Ishigami looking all like straight out of a shojo too was kind of funny as well. Completely changed his 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 uh, art style and everything. That was that was good. Wasn't there something to do with his eyes this season too? He did, he he got yeah, some he got sleep. sleep. <laughs> he got some sleep, and and he didn't look as uh, as as tired, and and this totally messed her up. <laughs> Everybody liked him. Shinomiya didn't. <laughs> she likes that rough, tired self of him, which is pretty bad. Which it totally gets into. It's like it fully acknowledges all that. Like, am I wrong for liking this? Uh, it was great. The elections was great. I, I, I kind of liked how they ended that one too. I think they did wonderful with that. There was a, but, but see that that's that's what we were saying is they 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 pull off some of the some really cool um, character moments that even even in the midst of all these hijinks, you get these really cool character moments. Like I said, I came away really really liking Ishigami. Um, I, I actually really, they pulled off a really cool scene with Shirogane and, uh, Ino, which absolutely compounded how much I already like Shirogane. So was there, was the Hayas, uh, Hayasaka date with Shirogane in the season? It was, wasn't it? That was great. Yeah, that I was so. great. That was really great. <laughs> totally broke her too. No, I, I think my favorite of this entire season, though, is is it's the usual uh, Fujiwara getting dragged into teaching Shiragane something. Because <laughs> we had like the whole volleyball thing with the first season, and then it was, or was it bat? It was volleyball, yeah, it was volleyball. And then it was like now it's singing, and they had like this whole moment with her like breaking down in front of everybody, and just like fantastic animation for it. Uh, it was, it was that was really great. Oh, that. so you can teach him to dance better than me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the net pulling dance. No, it's I, the only negative I'll give this season. And it and it technically tried to fix it. Like it, it it didn't do something I it did in the first season that was fantastic and it tried to it tried to fix it and it didn't quite get there. Was the first season had like the most fantastic ED of all time and it was Fujiwara dancing in the student council president room. And it was an ED that they threw in there, and it was fantastically animated. And they never did that with an ED in this entire season. But they tried to do a dance, and they did it with Shinomiya. <laughs> and it was fantastic, but it wasn't long enough, and it wasn't kind of the same... It wasn't the same caliber, but it was still great. 
It was it was also one of those cool things where the intro has this whole segment where she touches her cheek and then you find out at that point, oh, that's what she was doing. I like that. But yeah, it wasn't wasn't as cool to dance as Fujiwara's. Fujiwara still beats Shinomi on that in that category for dancing. Sorry. Just is. So yeah, I, I think we've 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 killed that one. I did like the fact that they, they had I mean it they technically do a lot of references, but I did get a kick out of the fact they did a Charlie Brown reference. Um and the, it was cool because at the time I noticed it but I didn't really want to say it. Is it was like after the scene, and I'm like, that was a Monogatari reference, wasn't that? We both kind of caught that <laughs> and one. Then, and then, like, a couple, like, maybe a day later, I seen somebody post on Twitter doing a side by side comparison. I'm like, yep, called that one. They did like a shot for shot comparison with the the scene of uh, in Buck and Monogatari with um, Araragi and, and um, Tsubasa. So that was cool. That's uh, that's a Kaguya Summer Love is War Season 2. Still a fantastic series. Um, Want more, as always. (laughs) Hopefully hopefully there's more content to keep going. We'll we'll see. Hopefully. Please. Moving on, we have BNA. Brand New Animal. This one is uh, streamed on Netflix. I don't know why I have Crunchyroll on there. It definitely wasn't on Crunchyroll. (laughs) It streamed on uh, Netflix. Ran for 12 episodes. Done by Studio Trigger. I don't know why I have zero gene. Apparently, I didn't update anything on this this <laughs> layout. It's done by Trigger. Uh, the the uh, genres are action comedy. That's that's not right either. <laughs> <laughs> etchy. That's not etchy. Oh my gosh, this is terrible. So, Studio's Trigger. The source is the original. The director was Yo Yoshinari, who did. Are you Attack sure? Yes, I'm pretty sure that little. Pretty <laughs> sure wherever I got this from. I think I got this from Sugu Sugu Momo. So I'm pretty sure that Yo Yoshinari did not do Sugu Sugu Momo. Um, he did Little Watch Academia and Gurren Lagan Parallel Works. The series and uh, script writing was done by Kazuki Nakashima, who did Kill a Kill and uh, Promari and Gurren Lagan. So. Good, good people there. Usually, they're they're typical people. They kind of kind of keep it pretty. They keep it pretty tight in in Studio Trigger, so they don't really get different directors and stuff working on things most of the time. But yeah, this one takes place in a kind of a modern setting. Uh, but the big difference between our world and the world of BNA is that uh, mankind has been living alongside the beast people, beast men, for a long time. Uh, they kind of show really, you know, little snippets of, you know, wall paintings of like, you know, the usual uh, glyphics on the walls in Egypt with the cat people and the dog people and all that kind of stuff and kind of tying it in with that. But we get a really quick picture because it starts off right off the bat with the main character, Michiru, who is being chased by or not being chased by, but she hides in a kind of a vent when some people come by and they spray some paint on some uh, po- a, a post that's on the wall that kind of is talking about, you know, equal rights with, with beast men and, and humans uh, kind of coming together and, and getting rid of the hatred. That this world does not... <laughs> uh, there's a lot of uh, discrimination against beast men. And uh, Michiru, we come to find out really quickly, is that she used to be a human, and at some point she turned into a beast man, namely a tanuki, even though she does not want to be a tanuki, she wants to be a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and she quickly flees, grabs all the money that she can. She flees to a island, which is called Anima City. 
And at Anima City is apparently a place created um, by a group that is a kind of a place where beastmen can come and be safe. And that's where they can live together and be who they are. And so she, you know, tries to flee there. She's haunted the entire way by a group of people, very viciously hunted, <laughs> and thankfully finds a another beastman that helps her uh, named Mary and uh, rides a boat to Anima City where she can live as a beast man and not be afraid of being hunted down by humans. And while she's there, she's trying to find a way to cure it. She calls it a disease, a, a beast man disease, and she needs to get rid of it so she can turn back into a human and go back home to be with her family. And, um, yeah, kind of exploring the Anima City, how it's kind of built, the people within it. She quickly joins the Beastman Co-op, which is a place that kind of helps with different situations in the city for Beastman. And she works alongside Shiro Ogami, who is a wolfman. And um, he's got, like, a really insane good scent of smell that she can he can actually kind of... Uh, kind of fill out a crime scene and find out what happened using his his scent alone, so or his smell alone. So yeah, your your thoughts on VNA, brand new animal? <laughs> I really, really did love this show. I, I it looks great. I love the character artwork. I love the kind of stylized, goofy uh, things that are going on in this this story. I mean, it, and it and it had a a really cool uh interesting uh feel to it all the way through it it had this just under light feel to it where it 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 had this kind of fun vibe especially with uh michiru and and uh ogami and how they they kind of uh got into it a, a lot of times and how they're uh exploring this world and kind of the as they're going through it, you can just see these little drops of, of, of kind of dark undertones. And, and finally, when everything starts to get revealed, it, it does just kind of have this, okay. Um, yes, this is something that's interesting to kind of think about of what, what would, how do you deal with the kind of, um, who is the real bad guy and why are the real bad guys doing what they're doing? And is this, is this something that you can judge the entire, um, entirety of humanity or the entirety of, uh, beast men for whatever reason. So it does, does kind of do that as, as far as a kind of undertone for what it's trying to do. And I really liked it. Um, it does kind of delve on this lighthearted, um, keep 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 things uh uh keep doing things that are going to keep uh keep furthering yourself don't don't get bogged down in 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 the the bad side of everything so yeah it's 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 a very lighthearted in a lot of that stuff so i really really enjoyed it i had a lot of fun watching the show um i found found it very uplifting in a lot of cases you know it's funny because like when it first starts out it's very kind of like wow so the humans are the bad people in this world. <laughs> humans bad. Everybody else is good. And then, like, you get to the Anima City, and then really quick, you're like, never mind. Technically, the beast people are bad, too. So it it is technically one of those ones that is kind of it, – it opens up very much on the kind of note of discrimination, obviously. You know, hunting down beastmen in the street seems very kind of dark and, and shows this really bad side of kind of discrimination against another race. And then it kind of really kind of rides that – it quickly shifts to kind of riding the gray area between. Like it's going 
this is obviously obviously both sides has its bad apples and can it really is it really going to make a statement on you know what is right and what is wrong in the end and it it does kind of turn that whole acceptance of what you are and almost that element of you know she's technically a human and obviously even though Agami does not like any humans he just you know detests them uh, the smell of a human on somebody sets him off really quickly even though he doesn't believe that she was once a human, she, he kind of realizes very quickly that, even, you know, if you enjoy being with this person, around this person, obviously not all humans are bad. And so it, it does it does kind of push in that idea of, you know, technically not one side is bad in the end. So I did kind of like that whole aspect in the storytelling. But at the same time, I don't really ever feel like it was really kind of trying to pound it into my head, this idea of, you know, which one do you think is the good side? Which one do you think was the bad side? It never really kind of does that. It does kind of feel like it It pulls you into the world and kind of just shows you what's happening in this world rather than kind of, I guess, be preachy about the whole subject because it technically is a very, very touchy subject to really get into is this idea of, of discrimination just for what you are. Well, even even at that, it, it, it flat out, if you do decide that such and such group is the bad guys, it'll flat out... F- throw it in your face no it's not and 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 you're if if so don't 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 expect that your uh your observations are going to be true all the way through the show yeah uh, but aside than that let's <laughs> putting that aside mm-hmm. um yeah i i i did enjoy this show it was very fun I, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that i just really like michiru she's a lot of fun um, just her exploring this world was a lot of fun, even though it technically wasn't always great stuff. I mean, getting into human trafficking and stuff like that, it it does kind of, again, kind of drag it back to the heavier side. But being Trigger, they always kind of quickly shift it back to being kind of or you know, fantastical and goofy and just over the top. Um, which I, I think is the only thing that I really kind of... it. I think the only reason why it never really felt heavy to me um, for the most part, being again, it, it's dealing with technically uh, discrimination and, and two races and kind of being at odds with each other is that over the topness. Like really early on, Ogami is trying to take down these uh, three beast men that were working for humans. And he's just, you know, it's just going crazy. Stuff's flying everywhere. The animation's going crazy over the top. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, this is this is trigger. That's right. <laughs> and it would kind of it would kind of draw it back again and get, you know, drawn into the 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 standard playing and and taking the characters to the next location and then it would go crazy over the top of the animation again so that's probably why it doesn't ever kind of feel very grounded and over realistic it's just because trigger likes to be trigger and they like to be over the top which is is something i've never really enjoyed about trigger um but thankfully it doesn't do it too often i think there was probably like three or four fight scenes where it's like okay have fun trigger i guess have be trigger and just blow ever blow up everything in the in the northern hemisphere with your attacks and stuff. <laughs> oh wait, never mind. You didn't blow up everything. Apparently, you just knocked out a couple people in the end. I I, I don't know how that happened, but okay. <laughs> um, th- again, that's, that's something I've never enjoyed about Trigger, but I think it it kept it to a minimum, which I did appreciate. Um, love a lot of the character designs. A lot of fun with the characters. Um, I think the only part that I really I I enjoyed the 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 stuff that happens with Michiru in the situation, but a lot of the whole baseball stuff kind of felt like it was kind of going back in that whole, here's the slum segments of kill a kill with the, with what's her face and her family, where the animation and the character design start to kind of go into 
you know, very dumbed down mode. And then it would go back into, you know, back in the city, away from the slums, and everything looked a lot more fantastical and, you know, detailed. So that was probably the only side where I was like, wow, this, this, these character designs and, and the artwork just doesn't, doesn't look very good at all. Jackie and all them. Um, but the rest of it looked really good. I enjoyed the, the, the later segments of it. So, yeah. I liked all the episodes. They had a lot of great, again, besides maybe the baseball stuff. But, but again, I kind of liked a lot of the, the later parts of those. And watching Michiru throw a ball like crazy was, was awesome. I, I like the mechanics of Michiru, too. I mean, it's I don't want to get into the, the, the specifics of it. But um, just the stuff that she finds out about herself in the later parts I thought was a lot of fun. It just added another element to the 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 world itself and what she can do and each fight and what they're they're currently doing, I guess, is the best way I can put it without spoiling things. Yeah, it was a cool world. Again, doesn't get too heavy with the discrimination stuff, but I think it did enough that it was it was a good story to utilize it. And um I guess the only kind of negative I really would give it was probably be the fact that it was a little bit too predictable. <laughs> like every every quote unquote plot to us was like, yeah, I seen that coming. Uh, I don't know why you didn't, Mitchell. <laughs> okay, well, that yeah, I that yeah, I seen seen that coming too. So it was a very predictable storyline, but at the end, it was it was, that, that didn't take much from it because it was a fun experience going through all this stuff with with Mitchell and and um, the supporting cast as well. And I didn't like the music all that much too. <laughs> I know a lot of people like the music, the 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 composer for it, but I just didn't like. I mean, I kind of agree with some people that I it, it technically kind of matches it, but that was a lot of the the like a lot of the ambient stuff, like just where it kind of just starts hamming up the the single tone, and it just it sounded terrible, and it kept using that same tone over and over again every time something quote unquote you know suspenseful is coming up and I, I didn't like it. So yeah. And that kind of, and it, it's odd whenever music really stands out that much that I kind of wanted to make note of it, but I didn't like the music too much. But other than that, it was, and besides the ED and the OP was, was fantastic. But the, I, I was just thinking overall, of the main theme. I, that's about all I, I noticed and I, I liked that. So yeah. Don't know about the music because I didn't really, I didn't notice it. It was just. I think it was just really that one where it kind of goes whenever something is is important is happening. It's like, oh my gosh, this noise sounds annoying. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why are we playing the same stupid noise every time something? It, it does it like three times an episode. Like, okay, I get it. That's your that's your something bad's happening tone. We don't have to play it every single time. Something bad's happening. Uh, but yeah, fun characters, fun world. Again, besides the fact that it's technically dealing with with you know some heavy themes. Doesn't really waddle in it too much. Really does kind of show the gray area, you know, between the two sides that are obviously have their own issues. Um, Cool little world. Did some cool stuff with it in the end. Even though it was a little bit predictable, it did it really well. And um, it was a fun ride all the way through it. Definitely was entertained thoroughly through. So another trigger show that Andrew enjoyed. (laughs) And it's not because I'm a furry. Just because it's a good show. That's Nobody a, said you were a furry, Andrew. Apparently, you're a furry if you enjoy it. If you enjoyed, if you enjoyed BNA and B stars, you're a furry. Apparently. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Sigu, Sigu Momo. Can we say projection much? Bob, maybe. Mm-hmm. Sigu, Sigu Momo is our next one. This one is uh, streaming on Crunchyroll around for 12 episodes, done by Zero G. This is true this time. Uh, the sources of manga, the genres are action, comedy, supernatural, ecchi, school, and seinen. This one follows Kazuya, who is, well, I guess technically, for those that don't know, for the first season, um, essentially follows a boy named Kazuya. Basically, Kazuya has a Tsukumogami uh, named Kiriha, who basically Tsukumogamis are essentially objects that have kind of taken on a uh, personality and becomes like a spirit, so to speak, like a, a supernatural being that can interact with them. And anyways, <laughs> Kiriha is kind of protecting him and they kind of work together to fight other Tsukumogamis who are... Uh, essentially when people have, you know, coveted something or got something that they can draw from that to gain, you know, benefit from, they will help them kind of overcome that need for that, no longer need it, and then break it so that they can avoid possible, uh, I guess, what's the word, uh, kickback from it, where it can cause negative effects upon them. And that was kind of the gist of the first season is kind of introducing the fact that there's people that have these Tsukumogamis and can use them for benefits themselves, which could also, in effect, cause damage to them later on, uh, getting rid of those spirits and then going on to the next one. Which, so the is, really, season, which is really c- more caused by a Malaysian or a, not a Malaysian, <laughs> a how did they, they call it? It was, it, it was a kind of a mal energy that's in the area that's yeah. enhancing these objects and it's not normal. And and that was something that we kind of learned at the very end of the last season was that Kazuya was this thing that was drawing things into the area and he was essentially causing a neg- negative effect to the area. And so that's why he, along with some people that were involved in a lot of those Tsukumogamis with the first season, um, they all kind of banded together in their school club and they made a club out of it and they kind of use the club as a a way of they turn it into one of those clubs like come to us for help kind of things and so they use that as a way of finding out when something was kind of going awry in the school and they would go to find out maybe it was being caused by one of these Tsukumogamis and that kind of continues that right into the second season they, they've established that club and they're still kind of doing some jobs here and there there was a girl named Mitsuri who had some uh, a friend of hers and some shoes that possibly was one of these Tsukumogamis and trying to resolve that entire thing, which was a, really, a pretty cool story as well. Uh, it had an episode with uh, Kazuya and Tsunao. Tsunao is this girl that has a Tsukumogami, which is a sword. And they had a fight with the first season. And in this season, <laughs> they had this whole segment where Tsunao, because she got beat by Kazuya, uh, now needs to... Uh, wed him because obviously that's what she needs to do in order to uh, keep keep the honor of the of the school. No, it was it was one of those things of like uh, you've found somebody that who's stronger than you. Obviously, it's it's a a perfect person with with good genes, so you need to bring him into the family kind of thing. And that was a a ride of an episode, and then it kind of quickly shifts into like a. I, I kind of wanted to say it was an introduction into an arc. And that was a frustrating thing for me, but it was, it was technically an arc in its own, and it was the Lost Village arc, which is this entire segment where 
there's a place where Sukumogami, because Sukumogami can't survive without the life essence of the one that they are with. And so it kind of goes into a lot of these Sukumogamis that are treated poorly by their owners and they're fleeing their owners, but when they do, they die because they don't have energy. Um, there was this place called the Lost Village where they can go to and live because it was being kind of supplied by somebody within sight of that uh, the Lost Village. And then it kind of goes into, well, this Lost Village is now deteriorating because the power that was within it is now dissipating. And so now they need to get more a new source of power, which requires them to kill a god. And so that goes right into... Again, like right at the very end of the season where they're going to do that. And then it kind of uh, crap hits the fan and it kind of opens up to the next arc. So I guess, I guess the uh, the only kind of frustration I really – I'm going right into it. So I guess I pass it off to Chris. <laughs> Chris, what are your thoughts? Um, I I obviously loved it. It, it was more more of the, the, the previous season. You have these goofy hijinks, lots of fun, etchy – um, with a with an underlying kind of really cool storyline that that goes on along from from just event to event. I mean, having having this kind of moment where Kotatsu is was uh, uh, broken and fixing that, going into the the Mayuiga and and kind of uh, the the lost village and and exploring all of that kind of stuff was was a lot of fun, and then ultimately into the event of the um kind of the season actually to me is some really phenomenal things that were happening in this particular section so yes i loved it i i I had a lot of fun with uh this 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 particular season and can't wait for more if they ever get around to it the last episode sucked yes i'm saying yes Last last episode did kind of suck and I hope they fix it. Whatever, they, they, they hap- whatever happened in an episode bad. needs to be fixed. <laughs> they need to fix it bad. <laughs> needs to be fixed. No, it's it's funny because I I was I, just kind of assuming that when all of this thing happens and is resolved, that problem just is going fixed. to be fixed. Yeah, this, that's my that's my thought process. It's just going to fix. It, that. It's just going to fix it. And we're, I'm I'm not even assuming that that actually happened. It sucks because if they get to this next arc and it, and it doesn't fix that. It's going to be like, well, you failed to fix it. Not watching no more. Now it's funny because it, it technically was a very light, etchy season. Like that technically took the back seat, especially when the the Lost Village stuff start, started popping up. I mean, they technically did like a goofy little episode where um, uh, they were they were taking out one of these Sukagami and it was kind of turned them into like a a board game ish type of thing, and it got a little etchy there, but. It was maybe the couple segments in one of the. It was the body swap episode. Was another one that kind of did a little bit of etchy stuff there. But for the rest of it, it was kind of pretty light on the the etchy aspects of the of the series. And I think that's because they were technically trying to get into more serious stuff. And maybe they were kind of shying away from doing too much to patter in too much comedy when they were trying to do a technically a pretty serious story. A lot of the Sukugamis wanting to survive, having to do something that's kind of questionable. And it's one of those kind of, you know, dog-eat-dog type, types of situation with the Tsukigami and, and the gods. So I, I think that was probably why they were trying to stray away from it a little bit too much. But 
Yeah, I, I do like the story that we're going into. And I think that was something that I kind of mentioned with the first season was like, even though I was going into expecting it to just be a goofy comedy etchy show, uh, for one, they did some pretty awesome action scenes with animation in the first season, which was surprising to me because I wasn't really expecting any of that. And the second season, it, it kind of adds in the same aspect. You're getting into the aspect where Kazuya was technically causing these Sugigamis to happen. These Sugigamis were causing issues to people. Uh, there was one specifically, a girl that was using it for whatever reason. They broke it without her trying to... Because, again, if they don't, you know, I guess the person themselves that has a Sugigami, if they themselves don't give it up, it could cause a kind of a reverse action to them and cause damage to them. And this one girl lost her voice because of it. And so it kind of has these rep repercussions, is the best way to put it repercussions that they were kind of dealing with. So I was like, okay, cool. You have this little cool mechanic in here that adds some depth to this world and makes it kind of some weight to situations. And so that's the surprise that I always have with Suga Sugumomo is that there's actually some cool stuff in here amidst all the etchy and comedy that you would typically get with something like this. It's very basic old school etchy comedy. It's something that uh, you just don't really see these days anymore. So it does have that old school aspect to it with, you know, some substance to whatever's happening um fantastic season this season with with kukukuri kukukuri was definitely a character that became quickly best girl for me especially with this season um a lot of characters kind of took the back seat but i think that was for the better for again focusing on the the lost village people and trying to get into all those stuff so yeah very very surprising season and we got a body swap but we mentioned that with first uh first impressions we had a body swap episode that actually did a pretty good job of it whereas it's been a long time since we've got a not a body swap but a gender swap uh episode does again one of those old school things that you don't really see in anime anymore yeah overall overall a good a good season um again even though i i, I think the last episode sucked for a certain reason and it definitely was a here's the next arc See you next time. So I don't know if they're going to get another season but it kind of needs one at this point especially since they they left at that last episode that made me angry. But we'll see. We'll see. Any any other thoughts? No. It'll be alright. We'll make it through it. I'll be one that I need to check just, the manga just, just so I can need to get the manga just so I can get that off my chest. So I can find out if it's if it's something I'm gonna continue watching or reading or whatever. Oh uh, yeah. The Sugu Sugu Momo. Check that out if you're if you're a fan of Etchy. I, it's one of those ones where I, I don't really suggest it unless you're okay with the Aichi, just because it, it, it definitely doesn't hide from it at all. So, High Score Girls, our next one. High Score Girls Season 2, actually. Uh, this one streamed on Netflix, ran for nine episodes, done by studio JC Staff. The source is a manga, which uh, I will confirm that this second season does complete the manga. Um, I will say that there is a dash. There's a High School Girl dash, and... It's a time jump, and I want that adapted, too. So when is that happening <laughs> is my next question. Um, but yeah, the genres are comedy, game, romance, school, and seinen. The director was uh, Yoshiki Yamakawa, who did Be the Beginning, Danmachi, and Little Busters. Series com composition by Tatsuhiko Urahata, who did Carcaptor Sakura Gate and Surezure Children. Surezure Children. And um, yeah, I guess for those that don't have not... Listen to our review of the, I don't know if I posted the review of the first season. Might have? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yes, we watched the first season. Really enjoyed it. Essentially follows a boy named Haruo 
Yakuchi, who uh, at the time of the story taking place is 1991, at the first season anyways. And in 1991, essentially you have the, the boom of arcades. Uh, this Haruo character is really into uh, video games, plays a lot of them, arcade games. And it the kind of the overall story kind of follows him as he's, you know, essentially exploring the different arcade games that are coming out over the time. But at the same time, he's meeting different people, especially uh, Ono, who is a girl, uh, a daughter of a very rich family, and also Hidaki, uh, Hidaka, who is a girl that is running a, or is not really running a convenience, her mother owns a convenience store where Haruo went to several times to play an arcade game, and she kind of uh, became infatuated by him watching him play his games and ends up falling in love with him, so... The love triangle sprouts up amidst a boy who has no clue whatsoever and just wants to play video games. <laughs> it's essentially the the storyline of High Score Girl. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, we end up watching uh, High Score Girl EX, which I don't know that we did a review on that one, but that one essentially uh, kind of jumps to essentially Ono getting in trouble, kind of being isolated from everybody else, and uh, Hidaka kind of professing her love to uh, Haguchi, and then eventually him creating a video game for Ono um, while she's kind of being isolated, and then getting poor Gia <laughs> in trouble. <laughs> the poor butler. <laughs> oh. But yeah, the second season kind of just kicks off right where everything left off, and I guess the the, not to get into too spoilery here, but the main gist of it is this is where things kind of really hit the point where decisions really need to be made. And like I said earlier, this is technically the the last part of the original manga story. And is their, their experiences together in this kind of five... I don't want to say it's a five-year span, but... Essentially, with, again, the first season, it's a lot of it's 1991, and then the second season, a lot of it's in 1995, 1996, and that's kind of where their stories come to a a main focal point, their relationships, what they decide going forward, and all that kind of stuff. And I think the second season, a lot of it has to do with kind of uh, Hidaka and Ono, and they're kind of... Uh, under, coming to an understanding between each other and their their like for Yaguchi, and Yaguchi kind of almost, <laughs> I would say, coming to a realization of what what he does want in his life, and and going forward with that. So I guess I would just leave it at that. That's that's the main focal points. You do have this whole segment where Yaguchi goes off to uh, Shibuya. He joins a arcade fight club there and then they Comes fight hoodlum. yeah because of hoodlum and then they have like a bout with the people from uh mizonochi uh Minos, Minos, i can't say that name mizonokuchi which of course is the prefecture that most of the show takes place in um with uh hiraka and it kind of goes in this whole segment where he has a stay over with uh hiraka and then he has a stay over with oh no <laughs> And then there's a whole kind of tournament they go to with Ono and Yugachi, uh, Yaguchi, and um, then it kind of comes to its conclusion. So, what's your thoughts on High Score Girl season two? Without <laughs> spoiling things, I don't I don't know where I'm going with this. 
my my good thoughts or my bad thoughts ah you have bad thoughts mostly because i i i ended up kind of liking both girls and that is that is that is probably my biggest issue is is i i hurt for the hurt one in the show in which at that this point it's pretty obvious who who's that person and it 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 is frustrating because it it was uh, that moment was i know that hurt i know that hurt and and it 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 hurt me just watching that particular scene and so yeah, I but overall I love this show. I think they did wonderful. The the nods to the the geeky gamers, my geeky gamer side was absolutely on point. I loved a lot of those moments. Um seeing a lot of all, all these these kind of yes, it's frustrating when you get get beat and then you uh you kind of want to hit everything and <laughs> it's all those moments were were great. Um, the, the, the kind of moments where the, 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 uh, announcer was holding back this one guy from, from, from jumping on Yaguchi in in the middle of the, the tournament. So yeah, there was all kinds of just, just fun moments in this show and I really, really enjoyed it. And I, yes, I love the, the both sides of, um, the, the kind of love story if you want to say that i think that the love story was really where this this story actually shined because it was a a true telling of a kind of this 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 geeky kids love story and how that that actually played out and whether or not he he was truly oblivious to it the entire time until it's right flat in his face and he has to deal with it yeah that was that was the funny thing with a lot of this show is it's it's a it's a nostalgia trip, and, that, and that, that's one of those struggling things. And I'm not sure if that was something that we kind of discussed with the first season. Was that it's it's one of those stories that I think a lot of it has to do with uh, the gamer culture. Like if your 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 enjoyment of the show is going to be extremely higher as somebody who lived in you know if you were like an 80s kid and you went into the 90s with all these video games or and you play these games in the nineties, you're going to get that nostalgia feeling. And it's, it's crazy because it literally is one of those, it's technically right there alongside our age. Like Mm -hmm. that was that they were the same age as me around that time. And so I can totally see myself the same age as these kids in the story it's telling. So it's almost like the uh, stranger things kind of thing where the, a lot of this enjoyment that people have with stranger things is that it, captures that age so well and this does the same thing for the age of arcades now granted (laughs) this is uh this is japan where there's insane arcades and and we had maybe you know like a couple of pizza places and stuff that had you know 10 or so cabinets in it so it's it's a little bit different i mean these people when the game came out they had those new cabinets sitting in the corner they already had them fired up with these new games that were just stay the art you know, they they went into 1996, and they had, of course, the big thing then was Street Fighter Alpha 2. And so that was the big focal point, like, oh, here's Street Fighter Alpha 2. And so it it captures that. Like, I, I, I can't express that enough, that if you were one of those 90s kids that was enjoying this new age of fighting games and all these other video games, this was it. Like, this was so much fun. This is what we got absorbed into, and that was that was our thing as after school was playing these games because they were so much fun. And I think that they captured that so well, this this idea of Haruo, and he was just 
loving these video games and he was getting so invested in them. And there's these girls that he's kind of getting interested in and not really realizing what he has there. And at some point having to kind of move on and, and realize something that he has there sitting there right in front of it. And even still, and it starts getting to the later points where there's this kind of uh, romance really kind of kicking up. He still has a gamer mentality. Like he wants to compete to make the decision. And it's like, I kind of see, the, I kind of see my younger self in him with that situation. Even when he was talking about, you know, getting the, the, the license for the scooter it was like, yeah, even then that the whole thing of like trying to get your mentality out of video games and just think about, no, it's, it's a scooter. It's, he can't press continue. You need to learn this and learn it properly kind of thing that captures that is so well. And I know at some point we were watching the first few episodes together with the second season. One of the things I noted was like, it sucks that when I watch them play these, these characters playing these games in this, in this, in the show, it's, I kind of missed that. It that, cause that, again, that's a nostalgia thing where I, I remember back then being so captured by these very simple games. I like these were quarter munchers. They were they were built so simple. The idea that they were just going to pull your quarters out of you just by making you continue and over again. They had the kernel scene where, and I don't that was that was one game that I didn't know what it was. Um, but they had this kernel game or this this character, this be, the big boss of this one game was a kernel, and it was a fighting game. And everybody was like, nobody can beat the kernel, and they had to figure out some stupid gimmick way of beating him. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I remember that. Like, you you just kept playing it over and over again until you figured out a gimmick that you could possibly beat it, and then you were super excited. But it was so stupidly simple, but we still accepted it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I got a lot of kick, I got a huge kick out of the fact that they kept doing the, the everybody kept messing up the Akuma code to unlock Akuma, and they would end up having to play a different character. And I'm like, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> Uh, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that stuff. Uh, yeah, the advancements of the game. They did some f- fighting vipers and all these other games that I totally remember from back in the day. That it was again huge nostalgia trip. Oh, <laughs> seeing seeing the Samurai Showdowns. I wish Samurai Showdown was bigger in the show. But oh, I I played Samurai Showdown to death. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the funny thing because of course we had they announced that they were going to adapt this this show a long time ago but of course the manga got threw into a lawsuit with the snk playmore and that's probably the a good reason why it took so long for they finally adapted this manga into an anime and they obviously got it figured out somehow because they they show some clips of of sam's show in there um but yeah it's it's i think i think netflix was the only one that was able to pull this off because there's so many good references, so much artwork, so much sprite work that they did in this. This this series, I'm talking the entire thing all together. The entire High Score Girl series, um, even though I'm not, I wasn't a fan early on of the art style and the CG they used, it kind of grew on me over time. Um, but the thing that set this at a whole nother level, and I think that even looking, because I, I had to look at the manga to see to make sure that it adapted everything. And this took it to a whole nother, like, of course, I only read, like, a couple chapters to see if it was, you know, fully adapted, but just knowing scene by scene what they were adapting and and seeing it in manga form, it's like, the show was ten times better because it elevated with all this, this pixel art and all this, the, the gameplay footage and everything took it to a whole nother level. 
and I, I cannot express how much having having Guile there again, <laughs> turtling with 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 other Guile, and them starting Sonic Boom each other to express that both Yaguchi and Ono are both essentially turtling in in fighting game in terms, and that the fact that they don't want to come see the other person at the time was was great. That that bringing those pixels arts and stuff into Sonic the boom, show Sonic is Sonic what yeah, <laughs> is what made it a whole other level. And it and again, the sound effects, the music, everything in the background just hit those nostalgia marks. I don't know that I would get that same feeling if I read the manga. But it's it's not to say that the manga is bad, it's just I'm saying I feel like no matter how you look at it, those aspects being in it took it to another level. So it's a it's a fantastic series, and, I, and I'm not even getting into <laughs> the slice of life elements yet. Because even though, it, like I said, it, it has all this gamer reference, all the nostalgia for video games, it does still hit very well on the core aspect of having a boy in this age of time getting infatuated by arcades and still having like this romance that tugs him in a different direction. And the effects that his kind of immaturity and gamer self kind of has an effect on those around him it took him quite a while to get to it but they finally really did kind of hit on that point of like you have to make yourself clear you're hurting people here dude (laughs) and it's like okay so somebody finally told him and then finally have that realization and again still having that goofy nerdy self to him that's trying to see things through video games and competition um is the heart of himself but what they technically did kind of find interesting in him and so it, it it's not that it was hitting heavy drama points, even though, as Chris kind of mentioned, the later parts of this, it your heart breaks for a lot of these characters. And it, but it still has that sense of uh, the gamer self and not being too superly heavy. Um, it was a solid slice of life. Probably one of the, even though I don't really find it romantic, it still had a good little sense of romance in there that did. Uh, play well. I mean, you technically are dealing with, uh, you know, kids. They're still going to be I liked kids, the way so it's not going to be super heavy romance. I liked the way one of the characters put it, you skipped the romance and went straight for the love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's one of those ones where it, it even though, like you said earlier, where it, it you kind of see the, the person that loses, and I, I, I really do see it as more, it's one of those stories where technically nobody wins, and it's life. And that's what I do appreciate yeah. about it. It's life. And they didn't try to sugarcoat anything, even though it does kind of get a little bit crazy bombastic with crazy sonic booms through the, the clouds and turbulence. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> it, it was so it, off the wall. <laughs> it, it technically, even though you do have those kind of, yeah, just think it's in his head. Um it is one of those stories where life happens. A miracle and... happened, and he blamed it on the video game characters. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. A miracle happened, and he blamed it. He, he, in his own mind, it was because of Sonic Booms. Um, again, it's one of those. It's it. It is one of those ones that's not afraid to really kind of say that life happens, and it did it really well, and I did enjoy it in the end. So, overall, High Score Girl is a nostalgic masterpiece for anybody that was a '90s kid playing video games. It is a show that has pretty solid comedy, really great little romance kind of mixed in there. Very cute characters, all technically trying to find love in their own way. A pretty oblivious kid that eventually gets a realization and um, 
a solid ending to it. So, and again, I, I really want high score girl dash to be adapted, please. Please. <laughs> yeah. Any, anything else on that one? Just I, go I, watch it. Yeah. I feel like I'm not giving enough justice, but um, no. I don't think I'll ever will. <laughs> it is definitely, it is definitely a gem that I'm glad we went into it. Even though I, again, was had misgivings with the, the visual style of it. It was, um, something I knew I was going to end up enjoying just because it is, it's again, like I said, it was our childhood. This literally was our time frame. It's, here. it's so funny because I don't, I don't, I probably mentioned it before, but I, I remember this was one of those, uh, mangas. I was clipping through a whole bunch of manga. I, I've, uh, seen the, the front character artwork for, uh, Ono and always wanted to read this one and to actually get to watch it in anime form is, is it's it's kind of a nice nice treat. This the CG portrait of Jeffrey. <laughs> uh, uh, I kn- I was like, I think I know what that is because they were at, they went to a store and they were like, oh man, we got to get the the CG thing. And I, I forget what the other guy's name was because I, I I don't remember him as well. The ninja oh, guy. Oh, that big old long uh, virtual fighter thing. Yeah, I, and he, that uh, was so annoying. He's I like, was like, yeah, what the I, heck was that? He's like, of course you got. Him. And he's like, no, I got Jeffrey. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what is this going to do? And he it like cuts to him like, man, this is great music for studying. And all of a sudden you see the stupid CG portrait thing. And it's essentially, for those that don't know, Virtual Fighter, um, there was a character in it named Jeffrey. And he's like this big buff dude. And he's got like this ponytail. And he's just really strong guy, very masculine. And this... And the CG portrait essentially is like this like bonus. I think it was a bonus disc they got with the game by pre-ordering or buying it for like a premium thing or something like that. And you could play it in the Sega Saturn and it would play a video. And this is like crazy back in the day to think of. But it was essentially just a a slideshow essentially. Like you can look it up. Look up Jeffrey Virtual Fighter CG portrait on YouTube. You'll find it. And it's just got like this very like romantic male singer in the background to sing along and they're just like still shots of this Jeffrey character back then of course is like really high high visual quality here but it's terrible now and he's like just different poses that he's on a ship and he's killing a shark mom comes in and goes oh so this yeah, is what you're yeah. into <laughs> Mother's like no I just like the music and I was just laughing so hard because I'm like, I'm, I think I remember that. And it was so stupid. I uh, just I just was kind of annoyed by how long it was. And that was my only real thinking. I mean, I thought I got the great. joke. I, I did get the joke. It, it was just, okay, after about three minutes, okay, we really need to move on. I'm it was getting just, really bored and wanting to flip the uh, – push the fast forward button. I think it just makes – it just it's just so f- comical for me because I just remember Jeffrey and – and how much I like beating him up in the game. <laughs> That's kind of, I win. That was his whole thing. Every time a, a match ended, I win. I'm like, man, I'm going to beat you with pie next time. I'm going to beat your face in with pie. <laughs> pie was the best. Yeah. The butt bump on fighting vipers. The moment she did, I'm like, Oh, I forgot. That was like the ending of her combo. Oh my gosh. This is nostalgia. All this stuff was just, Loved it, every single bit of it. And again, like I said, I fully acknowledge that I think a a good portion of this show is based on gamer knowledge and gamer nostalgia. So I really do kind of question myself if I would suggest to anybody that doesn't 
have at least some nostalgia there for video games in the 90s because you're going to kind of miss a good portion of the show. Not to say that it's not going to be a good a good comedy romance type show mixed in there and that people might still understand what's going on. Um, I just think a lot of the a lot of my crazing and, and praising for the show is based on that. So fully acknowledging that to kind of temper people's expectations if they want to go into it not having that nostalgic feel. So, yeah, good stuff. If you don't know much about games, you're probably going to learn something. It's probably a good way of actually learning about that time frame of, of video games and stuff. Like how some arcades would make it really cheap to play in their arcades, but then bump up the difficulties. <laughs> Which is totally I, a possible I, I, thing. It makes, it, it makes me wonder, because I do know it's possible. You can, yeah. You can uh, set the difficulties. But I, it, it makes me wonder if they did that to any of the ones that we played, and it's like, yeah, I wouldn't wrong. doubt it. <laughs> we didn't know back then. You didn't know that that was a thing. I, I, how many times did we play Golden Axe and we just died within five seconds? I, it's like, okay, did we really suck that much, or did they have it that tweaked up high? Or ghosts and goals. I mean, they were they were quarter munchers. All those yep. arcade games were designed to munch down your quarters. And I mean that's like that's like Street Fighter. I mean, I remember it's funny because like when we played it at home, it was like so great that you could just fight M Bison as many times as you want because in the arcade, M Bison was the you finally got to the last boss. And, he was and he's ru- impossible. <laughs> and but you don't want to leave the arcade because you got to him, and you keep pumping the quarters and trying to beat this guy that literally feels impossible because he was built to be impossible. No, no. Honestly, the the games that were absolutely built for our family was like Final Fight or mm-hmm. um, I, I remember the Ninja Turtles Turtle arcade. You know, yeah. yeah. It, just having those four and me, Bobby and Andrew and, and, and my dad just all ganging up on these games was just too, too much fun. The, the Simpsons, they had a Simpsons yeah. one as well. Yeah. A lot of fun. Again, a lot of, a lot of nostalgia there. So yeah. Um, I think we've, we've talked that one to death. Definitely, definitely a suggestion. Definitely enjoyed it. And, um, that's good. I'm glad that we managed to almost get two hours on, a much lower amount of shows than I expected we were going to actually have. But I think, again, like I said, I, I kind of expected there was a few shows in here that we want to talk to quite a bit or talk about quite a bit. So, yeah. If you guys enjoyed any shows this season, definitely let us know in the comments for this particular podcast episode. We hope you guys enjoyed this run through of all these shows. And as usual, um, stay tuned to us to get our take on the next season because we're going right into summer. <laughs> it's right literally next month or next week. So, um, just throwing it out there. If you got questions, you might want to go start, start, uh, putting them on there because I'm pretty sure we got, uh, discussionals coming up. Yeah. We got to, we had to talk about some, uh, the world ended with you getting an adaptation <laughs> and trigger doing a cyberpunk game <laughs> anime. So that's, that's pretty crazy. Uh, but yeah, it, it was, it was good that we managed to still get a lot of shows this season for review because we did have a lot of shows get canceled and, and pushed into the summer. Um, but I think we still managed to get a lot of shows in here that were still really fantastic shows to go through. So yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed this, uh, run through of the spring 2020 anime season reviews. Again, we're at talkiespirit.com. That's where you can go for all of our anime, new and old, great community in the form links at the top, social media links on the right side and all that good stuff. And we hope you all enjoyed, and you all take care. Oos!
I'm not afraid. 